Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. And hello, this is the Eddie Tinty Podcast number 1073. Let's talk about you the ID10T community. I talk about myself enough. Let's talk about you. Events at ID10T.com for all the stuff that uh, you might be wanting to promote for a thing that you made or a thing that you like that you know someone made. Like Kenneth, who writes, I'm a teacher and coach at Centerpoint High School in Centerpoint, Texas. During the quarantine time, we were providing instructions to our students from home. I had an idea. My idea was to create a YouTube channel with which I could share information with my students and anyone else who was interested. So far, the show has included 20th century world history events, Star Wars reviews, softball info, this day in history facts, bios on Texas historical figures, and a thank you to my softball team. Now that our school year has ended, I'm going to continue putting shows together. I even plan on doing a reading of Money Python and the Holy Grail. My wife happens to have the script. The channel is named Kenneth King, K-I-N-G. The title of the show is Coach King's Classroom. Coach King. Love it. This is fantastic. Doing readings of Python? Oh, my God. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. That is uh, definitely uh, doing something positive in, you know, with a situation that was challenging. So I, I salute that. And I'm so glad that you're doing this. I will have to check it out. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm sorry I haven't seen it yet. It came in and saw that these were the things that you're doing. And I felt like we got to share this with people. So consider it shared and consider yourself thanked, my friend. And anyone else, events at ID10T.com to get your thing mentioned on the ID10T podcast for the ID10T community. Um, this episode is Amy Sedaris, who is... A genius. She is a comedy genius. I'm sure you probably have watched Strangers with Candy. If you haven't, you should. Um, it is sort of one of the prototypical uh, uh, comedies in the early 2000s. Colbert is on it as well. A lot of really brilliant performers. And it is. Uh, it really uh, helped. It was just like a lot of stuff that came out of it after. That. It was sort of like around the same time as like but Smigel was doing like TV Funhouse type stuff. Uh, and it was just this, it's just this style, this vibe of kind of surrealism that I adore. And Amy is uh, super cool. We had never met before. This was our first meeting uh, via the internet. And, uh, and she's rad. She's super rad. And she has a new show. Well, it's not new, actually. It's in my head. It's much newer than Strangers with the Candy. At Home is in season three right now, which just premiered. I believe May 20th, but it is Wednesdays on True TV at 10, 9 central. It's called At Home with Amy Sedaris. Uh, so watch that uh, if, if you happen to be inside for any reason. Like, I don't know, like maybe the world isn't uh, a place to where a lot of people are going out at the moment. Then you can uh, watch, you can stay at home and watch At Home. With Amy Sedaris. Do you see what I did there? Of course you did. So thank you, Amy Sedaris, for being um, a fantastic guest. This is the ID10T podcast number 1073, which we begin now. Initiating ID10T protocol.
But what is the what's the vibe in New York right now? Um, well, because it's so nice out, there are more people out right now. You see some people wearing masks, some people not wearing masks. You know, there's still lines into the grocery store. Um, but uh, and you still get like I don't know about you, but I still get yelled at a lot. You know, like no matter what I'm doing, I feel like I'm constantly getting yelled at. Like, mm-hmm. like stay, you know, stay behind the line, pull uh-huh. your mask up. Because I go to the, the park every day to feed the squirrels. I got hazelnuts for the squirrels, yeah. and you know, I'll pull my mask down to whistle. And then sure enough, you know, I've got someone yelling at me. I'm like, oh my God, I hate people. I fucking hate them. That is such a fundamental difference in LA. Uh, we live not too far from a park. And when we've driven by, we're like, well, no one's wearing masks. People seem to be clustering in groups. No one is saying anything. Like in LA, people just don't. And I don't know if that's because everyone's kind of like, hey, man, you got to just everyone got your own thing. Or if it's just everyone's too focused on themselves. I don't know. But it is or, funny or that maybe they aren't as crowded as it is in New York City. Because my brother David's in North Carolina at the beach. He said you'd never know there was anything going on. No oh, one wears a mask, no gloves. Everything's opened. He said oh. it's, it's like nothing. You don't hear sirens. Must be nice. I mean, I, I don't know. It just It's just funny. Maybe It probably is the crowding in New York, but it's also like, hey, you know, you can't take the New York out of it. Like, it's always, New York's always going to be New York. You know, there's always going right. to be people shouting, but I guess that's just right. sort of, I guess that's just sort of the way it is. Have you been able to work at all during this or have you been, were you in the middle of any productions? We are editing the third season. Okay. So we're we're going to be doing color and sound using iPads. We work on um the computer at night using Zoom to watch an episode and give notes. Yeah. And then um so we had four episodes ready and now we have to finish the next six. I mean the at home shows it's I mean it, your show's fantastic. It's fun, funny. It's such a great idea. It's just such a it's just one of those flawlessly great ideas where you're like, oh my God, why didn't this exist before, you know? <laughs> well, thank you. But, you know, I wonder because the show feels like we're in quarantine because I wanted that I Dream a Genie living in the bottom of the bottle, you know? So I wonder if that'll work for us or hurt us because we're all sick of being inside. Now you got to watch a show where we're all stuck inside. Yeah, nah, funny's funny, you know? Like, I, I don't think, and, and it's not a show about quarantine. It's just a show at home, you know? Like, it's... Right, okay. Yeah, so I didn't, I, I don't get that vibe when I watch it. Like, Jesus Christ, can we go outside? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I don't feel that. <laughs> can it be outside with Amy Sedaris? What the fuck? We're all at home. What the fuck? I don't know who that troll is. I think it's the same guy who's yelling at you for feeding squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never I don't think we've ever met before in never person. I've never met you yeah no we <laughs> I've never met you yeah I've never met you yeah but I feel like our circles are sort of not dissimilar uh just in terms of comedy circles but I I've been I was I came to Comedy Central a, a long time after Strangers with Candy was around but you were sort of the epicenter of so many great things and people but I know that you, did you start at Second City? Was that, was that? Yes. You did? Yeah. And then uh, was Second City branched off into another group? Is that correct? Um, I was at Second City in, in touring company in the main stage. That's where I met Colbert and Danello. And then when, um, my, then I went to, came to New York to do plays with my brother, David. I kept taking a leave of absence and coming here to do plays and then that's I finally decided to move to New York in 1993. And then TV kind of landed in our lap. You know, somebody saw a play. They were like, why don't you do this sketch show? So we did um, uh, Exit 57. I remember Exit 57. That happened. So yeah. that's probably right at Comedy Central. So th- that's, uh, that's kind of how that all started. And the sort of, because to me, you seem like someone who you're, you've gotten really good at just kind of creating your own universe you know you just you come in and you sort of create this whole uh universe of characters and vibe and i mean it it's is that something that you thought you would end up setting out to do or were you did you think like oh i don't know i'll audition and i'll be in sitcoms like what was your plan to tell you the truth it all came from failing first grade because um (laughs) i learned early on that 
you know, you're not going to wait and get picked for a team. You're going to, you're going to start the team yourself and you're going to pick everybody. So I think I, I, that seed was planted when I was little, like just doing my own thing and then bringing people on, getting people involved in it. Cause I just didn't want to fail at the other. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I can fail if I'm creating it, but it's different. So I just like always thinking, well, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I I like picking a team and I like thinking about the process of it and how we're going to do it. Um, that, that's just how I like to work. And, And I also feel like I'm pretty limited in what I can do. I'm not like, I don't think of myself as an actress. I don't think of myself as a comedian. You know, I just... I don't know what category I would put me into, but I, that's why I just start my own projects because I don't want to be put in a category. I just want to do whatever it is that I want to do. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you, you don't, and the great thing is, you know, we live in a time where you don't have to, I mean, in the, you know, any time before the 90s, I think, you, maybe even until about 2000, you really had to fit categories if you wanted to work because there just weren't you know, people were making decisions and smushing people into categories. Right. uh, And and you couldn't really do like characters. I like playing characters, different people. And that's a really hard thing to sell. Like, cause nobody was really, I mean, unless you're an SNL or something like that, but it took me like 18 years or something to get this show off the ground. Like nobody could really wrap, get it in their head. And then when I did the books, it's kind of like, okay, visually, this is what the show is. And I want to do, you know, I didn't know I'd be doing as many characters, to tell you the truth, but it turned into me doing a lot of characters, even though I didn't get paid for a lot of characters. This is myself. But I'm like, wait a minute, I have to memorize both sides of the script? I didn't think about that part. Well, that's all in the agents. The agents have to go in and go, okay, here's the rate for for one to four characters (laughs) and five to nine, because, I mean, you know, like that is a... Tremendous amount of work. And I imagine are you you're involved in every step of the process. Right. I am. And then what's so great about finding your team or people who can work for you, you don't have to be in like, you know, with Jason Singleton who does all the um uh sets, you know, I can we can switch, go back and forth with references and all that stuff, but I, I know I can trust him and I don't have to look over his shoulder. Same with wardrobe and hair and makeup. It's kind of nice when you work with the same people. And they can kind of, you know, you just have the same aesthetic. You know? Yeah, finding that core team, though, can be, I mean, that's that's a whole separate skill set is figuring out how to find the team. Everyone vibes. Everyone kind of has the same general vision and goal and everyone complements each other. That's not that's not the easiest thing in the world to to pick right out of the box. No, it isn't. I just, like I always I need people around me always. Yeah. And are you uh, uh, are you planning on anything beyond this season, finishing this third season, or do you know uh, anything with True TV? No, no, no. We don't know. Um, I mean, no one knows anything right now. Yeah, no one knows anything right now. I can't imagine. Yeah, I have no idea. It's strange because I feel like the business was already in uh, upheaval because of streaming stuff. And this just sort of accelerated the like so many things are breaking apart and but I, but I do think that they will all reform right do you yes. feel optimistic about it I do feel optimistic about it and then I mean the thing that makes me feel better about it is everyone's going through it you know yeah. what I mean everybody and we're all going to come out of it you know we all have all this time to think and that that's that's interesting. It's like what you do with your time, what you're thinking about. Sometimes you feel creative. Sometimes you don't. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm back to reading and you know, I've always been someone into my apartment and cooking. So that hasn't been new. The only thing that's been hard is the technology aspect of it. That's been tough for me. Like, you know, how to set up a microphone and how to plug this in. It's just, it, it gives me anxiety. You really have to be your own tech person now. And I hate that because I really feel like, well, since my husband died, I mean, that's (laughs) how I feel. And then when people are like, no, it's easy. You know, what kind of adapter do you have? Or what? I don't know. You can't even make up the words. Albert was the one who worked the telephone. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I probably shouldn't have killed him. You roasted chicken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like I like this character that's forming. It's like she 
she, ultimately she killed the husband for some reason and she probably oh, yeah. killed him with the telephone. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, a, a friend of mine is an author and he writes a lot about stoic philosophy. His name's Ryan Holiday. And I just saw a thing on his Instagram where he was interviewing one of his mentors, this author named Robert Greene, and they were talking about, you know, it, during any given situation, do you consider it dead time or a live time? In other words, like what, sort of like what you were saying, like what, what are you going to, what can you do with that time? Since you can't control that that's the time you're being given, how do you see it? And I thought that was a really interesting, even just a slight sort of perception shift about how we're viewing all of this time that we have. Right. Do you, do you write every day or do you have to be, are you someone who has to be inspired or do you need, do you need a room to like riff? I need a room. I'm not a writer. Like I don't sit down and write anything except the list. But um, as far as a group goes, you know, I I consider myself more of a writer on my feet, I guess being an improviser. But if I get bored at any point, I'm always relieved that I know how to read. Like I'll pick up a book and just start reading. And that's always something I'm, I'm always so grateful for. But like my attention span, like I still haven't been able to listen to music that much or sit down and really focus on a movie or, or, you know, it took me a while to get to books. It's just been a weird, you know, it's, it's yeah, just to get things going. You know, that's been kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I write all my 10-year-old friends. I write to a lot of kids. And I go to the <laughs> post office a lot. That keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you sending letters to people? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I was at the post office, I was at the post office before I did your podcast. Yeah. And what? And so, what's the vibe at the post office? Everyone's like ten feet apart. They're ten feet apart. They've got the plastic guards up now in front with a little window. Um, a lot of people are, you know, kind of loud. You know, like they talk loud. They want attention because I guess they're not getting it at home. Sure. So that's kind of a, you know, a drag. But other than that, you know, it's it's dead. So it's 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 great not to have to wait in line, really. You know, today I waited a little bit, but I haven't had to wait that much. What are people saying in line? I'm going to buy those Lucille Ball stamps. Does anybody? Yes. yes. Give me the stamp with a black nurse on it. With a black, uh, today she's like, with the black newscaster that just came out. Give me two sheets of that. I'm just like, oh my God. Just talking out loud. And I was telling someone else, it's like everyone's world got so small. It's such small talk now from everybody. You you get it when you call, you know, when I call North Carolina, I get it. My you know, I'm gonna talk about parks and weather and flowers. And now in New York, it's like no one has anything to talk about except the, the price of ground beef or where the, who has the best bell peppers or trying to get a screen door fixed. It's like it, it's really small, small time news. Yeah, well, I think it's just, you know, anything that people can do to try to feel normal, you know, in a very abnormal situation. And maybe, you know, the small talk is because there's just there are so much bigger issues that maybe people just aren't even attempting to deal with right now. So it is about stamps and ground beef and anything that just sort of makes you feel connected to, you know, the way things were like, you know, six weeks ago. Right. Well, I haven't been watching the news. Uh, that That's was going to give me good advice. And then last night I decided to check in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, holy shit. I go, because the weather's nice out. You see more people out. You see people being slack with the mask. And you think, oh, okay, maybe it's, it's some are coming around. And then you watch the news and you're like, well, no, you're more screwed than ever. And I'm like, yeah. Well, that's you know that that's there's just no, I just personally don't see as long as long as we know like okay we're, we check in every so often okay we're supposed to stay at home okay we got to wear masks outside done you know but anything beyond that is like uh it, it and it's so contradictory you just don't know you know the virus could go away it could never go it could be this there might be a vaccine maybe there won't be you know and right. so we just go yeah there's just this isn't helpful this isn't informative because no one really knows. And so it, you're not really being informed. You're just filling your head with a- anxiety provoking garbage. Yeah. It was really, uh, it was really intense last night, but what do you like? Do you live, how long have you been doing a podcast for? 10 years. And do you, um, is it hard to get people? Do you do it every single day? No, it's, I mean, in the very, in 2010, it, you know, I had like the first year of the podcast were just all 
other comedians and friends, you know, actors who were comedy adjacent. And then, and then it started to, then I was like, well, I'm running out of friends. I don't have anyone (laughs) on. So I hired people to start booking guests and then it kind of became this weird like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm now interviewing people that I are, com- it's not really an interview, it's just a conversation. I'm just having conversations with people that I don't know. And now I found that we have this sort of like glut of guests because number one, people don't have, there aren't really ta- traditional talk shows. There's not a lot of places for people to promote stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also <clears throat> I always insisted that people be in person because I feel like, well, if you're having a conversation with someone, you need to see them, you need to see their body language, you need to see their eyes, you need to make sure that w- wherever you're, the conversation's going, they're comfortable with, you just, there's a lot of information that sitting in front of people will give you. And then this forced us to do everything via Zoom. And it's been great because now I've talked to people in Italy and France and people like yourself who are in New York people that I probably wouldn't have been able to get on geographically. And so I've really actually been weirdly enjoying this part of it because I've just connected with so many people that I, you know, would have loved to have gotten on and just never had the opportunity. Yeah. Do you ever, do you like doing, do you have, do you ever thought about doing like your own kind of a podcast thing or your own kind of, what I'm getting at is do you like being yourself on stuff or do you, do you always gravitate toward character pieces? If I'm performing, I like doing characters. I've gotten better about playing myself, you know, like on the show and stuff. But, um, you know, once you get the characters out of your system, then you're like, you know, you kind of want to, for me anyway, like Jerry Blank, for example, from Strangers, it was like important for me to do a character like that first. Then it would allow me to do other things um, somehow. You know, it's like, no, this is what I like doing. This is what I want to do. I didn't know how to... I didn't really want to play myself before that with Jerry Blank. It felt uncomfortable and it didn't feel like playtime. I mean, I like to feel like you're playing. And, um, but now, you know, now it's different and, and now I'm more up because I, I did what I wanted to do as far as, you know, doing a bunch of characters and stuff like that. But podcasts, I haven't done that many. I could probably count on one hand how many podcasts I've done. Um, my brother David listens to him like crazy and he's always recommending them to me, but um, I don't, I don't listen to him that much and I don't, uh, I haven't been a guest, but I've been asked to do them before. Like, Hey, you should do a podcast, but then you'd have to do it. I just wouldn't want that over my head every day. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's, <clears throat> it's so much a part of, it's just so much a part of my life just in terms of like, Oh, I got to do a podcast. And and there's, it's not really set. It's like, you sort of just, they happen when people are available and, you know, and now I'm literally just coming into my office from another room in my house. Like there's no excuse anymore. It's not like, Oh, I'm real busy, you know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. It, so it's been a really good, my hope is that these are a nice distraction for people who are in quarantine, but also it's been a great distraction for me as well because it's, uh-huh. I've just gotten to connect with, with so many, uh, so many. Don't you ever get shy? Like let's say you had to talk to Kevin Bacon or something like, wouldn't you be, you ever get like, <laughs> Yeah, shy. Like I do on the show when guest stars come on. It's like I get like nervous and then I'm always like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want, you know, I can't even believe, oh, really? I'm going to work with Michael Shannon? Really? You know what I mean? Or Paul Rudd or I'm just like, oh my God. It's like, it's really hard. Well, my, Michael actually was just on a couple of weeks ago uh, from, from his fantastic. home. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Fantastic. So funny. Like, it's so he's funny. really it's like, funny. Yeah. Why don't you do more comedy? You know, like he's, he's, I guess it's because he's such an amazing dramatic actor that adds to how funny he also is, but his instincts and timing are flawless. Well, he's very aware of, um, he knows everybody's lines and he, in his continuity, he's like, wait a minute, the door was open, you know, or there was a newspaper over here, or don't you want to get this shot? You know, he's very aware of everything that's going on around him. Yeah. But just in terms of, there was a period of time when I, and I still do get, I mean, I don't know, like I'm, I'm a big fanboy of people and things. And so I, I do tend to get nervous around people, but I've learned how to mash it down. And that was because of a handful of experiences early on in the run of the podcast where I was not able to mash it down. And, you know, like they're just a couple that got away from me because I was just too nervous. And there's sort of like a, 
there's sort of like a threshold. And once you sort of cross that nerve threshold, it's the same like if you're doing stand-up or performing live, there's a point where if if it gets away from you, it's at, that's it. <laughs> if you can keep it down, you know, like then you'll then you'll be okay. But if you get to a certain point, your brain just gets all like like knotted up and that's it. But I but also like, but your but your bits are only you know like I I I love the bit with um the the sketch with Matthew Broderick where he's the teen the teen author who's actually his his only experience is that he hung out with teens for like a month. Right, they didn't want to hang out with him. But that's only like two minutes, you know. So it's like, what what a great thing for someone like Matthew Broderick. Like that's your show so perfect because it's segmented that you can have these really great people on. You're not asking a ton of him, and it was probably really fun for him to come in and do something like that. His his um when he did the show, it was very smooth. He literally well, I then I found out later he was coming in from the beach, but he literally walked in. He probably had a half an hour you know, in his dressing room or whatever. And then he came on set, he did it and he left. I mean, he was there for not maybe 90 minutes, not even. Is there, I love it when that happens. Is there, I, is I there riffing? Bother anybody. Do, I'm you, sorry? Do, do you do riff takes? Do you do sort of an as written and then a riff take? Um, we, no, we, not really. I mean, we do the script and then if someone adds stuff, you know, we don't specifically say, oh, hey, now just do one for fun. It, it just kind of happens within, you know, um, but we don't just go out of our way to make one take that's just like a, a fun take. Not every time. But I think what I think maybe what people don't necessarily pay, because when you're doing a live show, I, I would love to hear your take on the differences between doing like live sketches versus this, because the timing, the edit timing on your show is so flawless. And it, you know, like that editing is also a star of the show because all the jokes have to cut a certain way. So yeah. how can you just talk a little bit about how your learning process going from stage comedy to like figuring out single camera comedy beats? I know it's funny. I, I love working in front of a live audience and it's even hard to watch people's shows now without a live audience on TV. Right. You know, like um, it does help with the timing. Mean, that's the, that's the reason you want to be on the show. You know, you get that live, you get that energy from the audience um, but you know you have the crew, and that and that's that counts for everything. Even though you can't hear them laughing, but um, you know the timing. A lot of it, like some of these shows, are like oh, ten minutes too long, and <laughs> it's so hard to lose things. I mean, you can get it in editing, like you said, but it kills me to have to lose so much when we go with like ten or twelve minutes an episode because you're just like, no, that was so funny, but it's like you just have to keep ringing it out and ringing it out and. You know, but I, I, I prefer a live audience and um, I, I wish we had one on this show. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you, are, you, are you someone who's good with stuff like, do you, do you feel like, okay, this is done. I can put it to bed now. Or do you, do you go back and watch stuff and go, God, we could have shaved a half a second off there. I wish we'd use this take. Yes. I have regrets. <laughs> I, I started a folder of things that I regret. Like I'm pretty good at thinking quick in the moment, but I hate it when there's a missed opportunity and I'm like, damn it. I should have, why did, I cannot believe I didn't think of that. Like, right. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, I've gotten last minute, like on Instagram. One thing I like about Instagram is, you know, a couple of people I follow and they'll post like old soap operas or whatever. And, you know, you'll see the way somebody shot something, you know, two actors, you know, facing, you know, like 
you're in the same direction. Like my back is to their stomach and they're mm-hmm. giving a monologue out. Like there are a lot of last minute things that I got just that was inspired from Instagram. So I love coming up with that. Like having the idea last minute makes it a lot more fun. That's great. I, I, there was a, there was another piece on your show that is a flawless bit of comedy, which is the knife sharpener guy, which already is a great, it just like by itself conceptually, it's just a great concept <laughs> that there's just a guy with a knife sharp, just, you know, like the bread delivery guy, the knife sharpener guy. But that actor, I wish I could remember his name. David Every time I, David, what is his name? David Pasquazi. He's so funny in everything. Yeah. Um, but that, the beats of that and the sort of the unpacking of his character, do you, do you guys just sort of like run through it all once kind of find what the beats are and then just start covering it? How is, yeah. yeah. Well, with that, that Pasquazi, he comes from Second City. That's where we yes. met him. And he adds a lot of, he, he knows that character and he'll, he'll add, he'll bring something to it every time. He's just flawless. He always knows his lines. He just, he just brings on that extra layer and he's so professional. Um, but with David, you know, he'll, he'll, you trust him as far as, you know, not everyone can improvise. You know, that's why we're always like, oh, let's stick to the script. With David, you know, whatever he's going to add is going to be, you know, really, really good. Yeah. Better than what we have on the page. But um, he's, and he's, he's really, really good this season. Like we gave him a lot of stuff to do this season, but um, he's, he's fantastic. And so was Cola Scola. They're both like on fire. And, and Matt Malloy, you know, everybody this season, I think it's probably my favorite season this season. I mean, it's great because it really is like a, it really is like a, a, a sketch show, but with recurring, with a, with like a recurring, uh, with a foundation and then a recurring, recurring arcs. Mm-hmm. And I think Strangers was such a, by the way, it, it blew me away to see that Strangers is only on for three seasons. For some reason in my head, it's sort of like Monty Python where you're like, well, that was on like 10 years, wasn't it? No, that was only, yeah. it's only a few seasons. Really? How long was it, um, Monty Python on? It was only on for like three years, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was just a few seasons. And we all think of it as like, because they did the movies as well. And they, you know, they, they, and those guys, but even Eric Idle has said before, like, yeah, I mean, people talk about Python like it was our entire lives, but it was really just a few years <laughs> and it's ultimately sort of defined our entire lives. We've all done a lot of other stuff. Well, it's funny because we always joke that they still haven't canceled our show. They still haven't canceled Strangers and Candy. Because we always thought, could we do 10 more episodes? Sure. But we were also fine not doing 10 more episodes. But it was we were very aware that we were doing, we were very aware that it was a period in our life that we couldn't, it's never going to be this good. Right. We used to say that over and over again. Like we're out in the woods making each other laugh. No grownups are around. It's like, you know, when does that happen? You know, well, and I kind of feel that way with our show with True TV. It was such True TV was such a mom and pop operation. And we really do have a lot of freedom. And we really do get to do whatever we want. And, you know, um, so it, you know, it's it's been fun that way, just having that much control. I mean, I don't know. You know, you just don't get that a lot with a lot of projects. True, True TV is really good about it. My friend Andrea Savage does I'm Sorry oh, over Andrea. there. Andrea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, uh, and it's, the same, it's the same kind of thing where they, it seems like they hire funny people and then they kind of let those funny people be funny, which is not super common in our business. Yeah, it really isn't. It's like they should do that more often. I mean. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, I, you know, it might it might happen now because so many companies are, like I said, sort of being ripped apart a bit. And so if there are, if there are less like fingers in the pie in terms of notes and maybe, you know, it'll be a situation where companies will just say, Hey, you know what, Amy or Andrea or whatever, we need the content. Just go make a show. We don't have the bandwidth right now to super get involved. We'll give you a budget. You just go make it and bring it back to us. And there could be a like a renaissance of really strong, you know, creative point of view, uh, creative pieces coming out of this as a result. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Or who, or people who write books, you know, it'll be interesting to see what books come out of this. And yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's hard because 
there, there's a, a lot of it people may not even be processing right now. Like it, it might be one of those things that a year from now, people in a reflective way will be kind of dealing with all of the creative fires that are being built right now. But right. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel particularly creative during this? I mean, you're, wor- you're fixing, yeah. working on your show. You don't either. No, I don't either. It's been a while, like something will pop up and, uh, you know, another list happens or, um, but not like, not super creative. No, not really. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really feel that way. Either. <laughs> but, but you can't tell me that, you know, that at some point in your subconscious mind, the woman yelling about stamps in the post office isn't going to make it into something sooner. Like it's Right, yeah, that's true. It's all, it's all being fed in there at some point. You know, I would imagine it's going gonna, it's gonna to come um, Chris, do you live by yourself? No, I'm married. My wife and I, uh, we don't have any kids, but we got a puppy about two or three weeks before. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. what kind of puppy did you get? He's called an otterhound, and oh, okay. there um there aren't that many of them left, and so she we lost our cat in December, and she said, "Well, I don't want to do cat again because it's just too emotional for me, but I would love to get a dog and then you know she's fa- found this breed that there aren't that many left, and she was like we we have to save them and so we got this they're this like these big kind of dopey Irish wolfhound cousins, so they get enormous um but he's been a real sweetheart do you have pets i have a rabbit oh you do yeah seven pounder oh my is that big for a rabbit it's big bunny yeah (laughs) and i found out i've had tina i you know i had her for four years and then i found out that tina was a boy oh nice so when i got tina i was they said she was a girl and then i found out i was like are you kidding me and it made a lot of sense so i've never had a male male pet does Tina, now uh, this is a great, I'm, I don't know anyone who has rabbits. So I, can you, do you hold her? Is she cool? Like, do you just let her? Rabbits don't around? like to be picked up because they don't like to be off the ground. They like to be more control. Got and it. so um, it's scary because they'll, they'll do anything to get out of your arms and they can break their backs. But right. Tina, Tina lies in bed with me. Um, and this has been great for the quarantine because I'm always coming and going before this. And I think now that she knows, he knows that I'm here so much. He's more relaxed. It's not noisy in the city. I don't right. think you get the vibe that there's a lot of people out. So um, we're spending, it's been really, really great to to have some quality time with my rabbit. Really, I mean, that's not bad. A therapy rabbit's not a bad idea. They're soft, you know, yeah. it seems very meditative. Yep. Very, yeah, really great. The only bad thing is, you know, he's constantly begging me for treats and I give in. So I've put a little weight on the rabbit. So I'm, I'm trying to watch that. It's hard. How does a rabbit beg? She'll cir- he'll circle around my feet to the uh-huh. point where I might trip, and then <laughs> then we have like certain chairs that he'll hop on. He'll hop on the bed, do circles, nudge me. He gets his whiskers really close to my face, like things that he knows annoys me. Like <laughs> they just they just know. They friggin' know. And you're positive it's not to trip you so that you break your neck and then he can snap on your flesh. You're positive. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, they know. I mean, I, I always, it's always, I always think of our pets as like, oh, they're like a member of the family. But I always think, well, if I died, the dog would totally eat my face. You know, like it's, it's hard. Sometimes right. I think like, they're still animals. Yeah, don't they start with the eyeballs? They probably start with the eyeball. Well, they don't want you to see them do it. They feel a lot of pain. (laughs) (laughs) But have you and your wife had any major fights or has it been hard or pretty easy? No, I mean, it hasn't. I mean, occasionally there's just like a dumb squabble that isn't really about anything other than you know, every day is the same day. And it's like, oh, the dog is being crazy. What do you No, I don't, why don't you, you know, it's just like stupid stuff like that. And then afterwards we're always like, okay, well that was dumb, you know, but not, uh, but there hasn't been any major, even actually they just extended our stay at home order by like three months. And she was like, well, we're going to be, you know, we're together for three more months. And I'm like, great. And she's like, great. Like there's no, there's there's no sense at all like i gotta get out of here like i feel very happy that we get to be stuck together if that oh, makes that's good sense. yeah yeah, yeah. but i but, wonder what that would be like to be with somebody i mean i don't know i think i like being by myself i mean i i can't even imagine that there 
I'm sure, you know, when all the dust settles, you'll sort of look back and see all the people who were sort of using their busy lives to distract themselves from being in a not great relationship who now are really kind of having to either fix the relationship or figure out like, well, we shouldn't be together. Right. Yeah. Right. I know, I know a couple that decided they're going to split up when this is over. Oh, really? Well, you know, who knows? Maybe by the time it actually is over, they'll be like, but we worked it out. Yeah, maybe. Um, but um, so the stay at home, so they're, they're extending it three months from now? What do you That's mean? That's what they said, but then they were like, what? Anything could happen, but probably three months. So, um, you know, it's, the, the, we, we're, we're getting a lot of confusing messages in California because they'll be like, nobody leave. Okay, you can leave, but you can go to the beach. Okay, you you can't go to the beach. Okay, you can go to the beach, but just you could you have to be active. You can't just sit on a towel. Okay, now you have to wear masks everywhere. Okay, nothing's going to be open. All right, the rest some restaurants will be open, others won't. You can drive up like it it is a little uh there are a lot of mixed messages and again, yeah. as people who aren't consuming the news every day, we're just like, "Ah, eh, fuck it. We'll just make food at home." But so, I don't imagine people are going to wear masks in the summertime. No one's going to. I mean, it's too hot, man. It's just too hot. <laughs> it is hot, but they're saying it's mandatory now. So I, I don't. We wear them when we walk the dog because we're like, you know what? If the only thing this like it, if it helps, great. But if it also sends a message to other members of the community that we are in this together and taking this seriously, then that's also a good reason to do it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know. Um. I, I just have a couple more questions about Strangers, which is, I'm you must get asked this all the time, but that is one of those shows that you could, at any given time, just, you know, say to Colbert and everyone else and Danella, like, hey, sh- you want, you guys want to just do a thing, like, Community just did a, did a Zoom reading together, and I don't know, is it anything that you guys ever talk about? No, we <laughs> don't. Um, I did the, the, the Jerry Blank character I do this season on the show, she's a detective, Fantastic. but it's the Jerry Blank face. Which is funny because I haven't used those muscles in a while. The muscles in my face. Right. So, and I, I was every character in that scene. So the muscles I would use for my Patty Hogg character were different muscles in Jerry Blank's face. So it's like my face was on fire this season. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I never thought I'd do Jerry, a, a version of Jerry um, again. Um, but uh, so never say never. You know, maybe one day we will. But we never talk about it. I... I... I would really love to, and maybe this is just something that just boils down to experience and instinct, but to understand how you're able to um, take characters that are very like far out there characters, but, and still manage to ground them in something without everything spinning out of control. I feel like Zach Galifianakis does that on baskets too, where you feel like he's playing his twin brother and Louie Anderson is his mom. How is any of this? And it yeah. works. Like there's it something. Work. I love that show. Yeah. It's like, there's a real grounding element to it. And strangers is like that as well. And so is that, is that a conscious thing or is that just an instinctual thing to kind of keep everything from spinning out? Well, that's what makes it funny when you ground it more. Like when you do a silly character, outrageous character, but then you give it this weight to it. I mean, it's like opposites, you know what I mean? So it kind of, it just works better. You know, then it's not like, I can't even compare it. Then it's not just like a, you know, it it makes it more of a character and it makes you, it's more fun to play because you're convinced it's a real character. You know, Cola Scola, who plays Chassie Tucker on the show, he's really good about it too. Like Cole does characters really well. And he's a good improviser. Um, but I'm always impressed when I work with him because he really brought that character to life and made it his own. And he really knows how to wear a wig. And he plays women so well. I saw him in a orange juice commercial. I worked with him once in Difficult People. Then I saw his orange juice commercial. And when I saw the orange juice commercial, I thought, oh my God, that's that's my neighbor on the show. Like it wasn't about a guy playing a woman or anything. It was like, he just knew how to, it was very like in strangers, you know, how it was very grounded Yeah, and just a real, he was doing a real character, but um, yeah, he's, he's great at that. When was the last time you did li- like, I mean, obviously no one can do live stuff in front of people. When was the last time you did live stuff in front of people? Oh my, well, I would imagine like talk shows and stuff like that, but I, I I don't get up and perform in front of an audience, I guess with my, the plays I did with David, but I mean, it's been a while. 
I don't know. I'll have to think about it when, when this is over. I wonder, because to me, At Home seems like the perfect touring show. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like... Oh, it could. Yeah. It's just a series, you know, like, it's just a series of great sketches that are all around the same, that like, uh, that have a home base. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I think, well, I'm just hesitant to say because no one knows when we'll be able to do live shows yeah, again. Can you imagine that audience in front of a live audience? When's that going to happen? <laughs> wonder when that's going to happen. I don't know. I was even thinking, like, can I rent a space? At, like, because there's a lot of spaces that aren't being used right now in L.A. Could I rent a space and put up, like, a plexiglass thing in front of the stage and then, like, somehow, like, make people in little boxes, but they could hear and see each other. And like, no, but then they'd, some people would need to use the bathroom. They'd have to, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, how do you adapt stand up or how do you adapt live comedy yeah. for this? It's the, it's the one thing that I, that I can't quite like all the other shows. Like, yeah, you can do some shows, not an audience and you can figure out how to do stuff via zoom. I cannot crack the stand up. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think you just have, we, I know, I don't know either. I talk about it with my brother all the time because he's not touring right now, David. It's killing him. Yeah. Yeah. It's killing him. You know, he want he loves a packed audience. He loves performing. Uh, yeah. It's really hard on him. I he's no idea when that's going to happen again. And then the bigger question is like, when it's allowed, will people go out? Or are they exactly. going to be like, I'm not going to fucking leave my house. You know, yeah, like it stops. it's going to be a second. And then maybe it'll take a second and then maybe then it'll be back to normal and people will even believe that they, you know, this happened. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, I mean, I I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the kind of situation where it's like humanity has changed forever and we're going to be this weird dystopian where no one can, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to have to have robot avatars that go out and do our stuff we would normally do. I don't think, I think eventually it will settle. Like we will adapt something. All you know, like it will all click back into place. I miss shopping. You know, I'm a shopper, and it, I really I miss. I mean, I'm, I you know I don't like to shop online, and and um, but I'm, I really miss going into stores. Yeah, that that it's funny how not funny, but it's you know I guess it's conceptually funny that how much we take for granted, like just being able to walk by, like. Oh, I just walk by. I'm just going to walk into the store and have a have a clerk go. Do you need anything? Nope, just looking around. You know, like that is yeah. just not a thing we can do for the foreseeable future. And that it's. I hope that we appreciate those things. Like, can you imagine the first time you're allowed to go back in a store? You'll probably just be picking everything up and smelling it and rubbing yeah. it. I just want to stay in here for a while. But if you go in and try a dress on and then you decide you don't want that dress, it's tricky because you're like, what does it go back on the shelf? Is someone else going to come in and try on that dress? And it's like, you know, they have to take all that in consideration. I just, it'll be sad if they close and it's just sad. It's just. It, it is sad, but, but people are very adaptable and, and they've, you know. That's true. The worst but I like, thing- you know, sh- gro- even grocery shopping, I would go every day. I like to go shopping every day, but um, now with this, I go, you know, twice a week maybe, but you know, I got used to it. Yeah, you, you do get used to it. I mean, it, I guess it's sort of like, um, I don't know, this is the stupidest example, but I have a little bit of tinnitus and it's not enough to drive me crazy, but it's enough that when it's quiet, I hear it. And when it fir- when I first started getting it, I was like, I'm, I'm going to tear my fucking ears off my head. I can't handle this. And someone goes, no, 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 you just get used to it. You just sort of, you know, and they were right. Most of the time, I'm not aware of it at all, even though (laughs) it's there if I were to really listen for it. (laughs) So I guess we just have cultural tinnitus at the moment. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I really do. I mean, I hate to be, I I don't want to bum people out by being like, hey, let's try to find the positive guys. But, but I do think that there are, there are opportunities, you know, to be more internal and learn who we are and develop things. And so I'm just, I'm just hoping that people are at least able to, to be able to do that, to feel like they have some sense of control in a situation that none of us can control. Right. But I can't imagine. I always think of the people that, you know, you don't have savings. You don't, you don't have any food. You you have a family, you can't feed them. I mean, worrying about a paycheck. I mean, it's, bad for people it's really bad really extraordinarily bad for a lot of people because they i mean 
especially in, especially in America where I think there's a general sense of like, nah, it'll be fine. Shit happens in other places, but not America. Right. And then like literally overnight, everyone's, everyone's world changed. And so I do hope that the people, I don't know it. And, and it is that kind of thing. Like, how do you help those people? How can we help those people? What do we do? What's right. the sort of general foundation that just helps the most people, you know, and I know there are a lot of really great organizations that help feed people and help, but, e- but even like, you know, like seeing restaurants around town that have shut down, it's like, what's that staff going to do? How do we exactly. some of them have Indiegogo's? Like, do we just go around and, and, and give money to those? Like, what's the best way that we can be helpful to those people? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really, I really don't know. I just, I, 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 I think we all hope that it's, I think there is still hope. Like what, what, what's the sort of seed of hope that kind of drives you every day? Do you just not think about it or do you have a thing that kind of like fires you up and keeps you going? Well, it always helps when the, when it's sunny outside. No, no kidding. I mean, it gives me hope like a nice day really sets my mood. If it's, if it's, you know, cloudy, it just seems more to prep. It's a little something. It helps. It's everything. If it's a sunny day. Yeah. 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 Or a nice day outside. It just makes a big difference inside. Did y'all just get a snowstorm or was that in other parts of the... It did snow, but it didn't, it, just for a second. It, but that was really nice. The weather's been beautiful. And just to get outside is nice. You know, I see more birds and more squirrels and more animals and nature you notice more. You notice buildings more. It's really, I mean, when I walk, I don't wear headphones and, you know, I'm, I just walk to walk. But, you know, I notice everything now even more than I did before. And that, that's been a good positive thing. That's really nice. I, it's, it, sometimes it takes a tragedy to create awareness, you know, uh-huh. because it's so easy to get caught up every day and, you know, just be distracted by a million things so that we feel like we're busy and then really being forced to, to notice and, and be aware. I, that, that part I don't think is a terrible thing. And I don't know. I, I do hope that that sticks. I hope that sticks for a while. Usually when there's some sort of a tragedy, people get really aware for like a second and then they just get back into their lives. But this is such an extended thing. Oh my God, it's endless. <laughs> endless. And then in the fall, you're going to have cold season. It's like cold and flu season. It's just like, I yeah. just can't afford it. We just, I don't know. This Everything we, brought us to our knees. I mean, I, are you a catastrophizer? Not, not really. Good. Good, no. good, good. Yeah, I just find that um, when those sort of catastrophic, like, what about the fall? What about the winter? What if there's a second wave? I really have to stop myself and go, you right. can't deal with any of that. Like, you don't know, could happen, could not happen. Just just deal with today. Just yeah. deal with today. Yeah. It, yeah, it's true. But what, it's like an AA thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, there is some, there is a lot of applicable stuff in there. That's not just, you know, for people in recovery and I am one of them. So I, I know it well, but I, but I also feel like, Oh, that's not just for that. That's for life in general. It's good to kind of do that stuff. Yeah. But I do feel like your show is a show that you, because a lot of productions are saying like, when we go back in September, maybe, or (laughs) when we go back, like, what does that look like? Do we have skeleton crews? There's no audience. Is it, but I feel like at home is a show that you could do. Could you do that show with, with very few people if you had to? Well, usually it's just me by myself acting with myself. (laughs) Um, You know, I I don't know. Then you got to think of the crew, how tight they are. Right. I I don't, I don't know. Have you thought about doing anything at home? Any kind of like, uh, you know, Zoom version of anything or just? No. No, no I don't. The, the computer thing isn't easy to me, like talking to people on the computer or, you know, I haven't. No, it, it just, I get bored with it really quickly watching other people's stuff on a computer or on the, you know, without, I just get bored quickly. You need, but, you need real, ta- real world tactile experience. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I mean, it. The good news is when when did uh, when did season three premiere of At Home? It's going to premiere next Wednesday, the twentieth. And how many how many episodes did you? Ten episodes. Ten episodes. Great. So that's like two and a half months right there for people. I mean, what a gift 
that you shot every, you shot every, you got to shoot everything, right? Everything we shot. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Yes. Can you believe it? We finished in the middle of February. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We were, I was, I was doing Andrea's show when this all happened and her production, like it was like smack dab in the middle of production. And I think she's sort of in that place now of like, eh, I think maybe the, like, who knows, you know, like the oh, people wow. who yeah, she just, she just texted me today. I have to get back to her. I was like, what's going on with your show? So I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one knows anything, but I think she's still, I mean, she's still working on it and still prepping it and stuff to, to come back. Cause you, you have, you know, like you, you would have to, we will, you know, eventually it'll, it'll come back, but I don't know. It's very fortunate that you were, that you were able to get everything in the can and that it can all go out now. Yeah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Is there anything else, as we're sort of wrapping this up, is there anything else that you, uh, how far ahead do you plan stuff? Is there anything else you still, like, what do you want to do? Like, if you, if you, in theory, were done with at home, do you have a next thing that you would want to do, or do you not think that far ahead? Um, I mean, if we did it, I'd be happy to do another season of the show if that, if that happened. If not, you know, I don't, I always love it when other people ask me to do their show. It's always fun. Um, but I don't really, I don't know what that's going to be. I, I have no idea and I'm okay with that. And when you do other people's stuff, do you sort of like, because you don't have to, you're not in control of everything, which is kind of nice, right? Do you like just showing up as a performer? Yes. Where do you want me, Chief? I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Because I had a couple guest stars come on the show. They were like, well, I would never want my own show. They're like, never. And I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, uh-uh, it's too much. And, and you know, this year it felt like too much. Some days it were like, it felt like a lot. But, um you know, there's always, so, again, you're putting on a show and you want to get your friends involved and the best people involved and create it from scratch. And that's really lovely and and nothing like it. But it's all, yeah, like you said, it's also fun to go on someone else's show and just yeah. be happy and help. I was so blown away just working with Savage, with Andrea for a couple of weeks because it's like she's in a scene and then we shoot the scene and she runs and talks to the director and watches playback. Okay, come back. And then let's try this and then riff this. That was a good riff. Try this, do this. And I think she was going to direct an episode too. I'm like, how the fuck do you, how do you stay present in a scene? But then part of your brain is also thinking about the piece as a whole and try like to me that is that kind of how it is for you as well? For me, I am more like, I don't go near, I don't never know where the cameras are. I'm not a director, but for me, it's more about the background, you know, and it's more about, you know, uh, you know, put a pillow on the chair because you can see it in this shot. Or can we add googly eyes to this clock over here? You know, to me, it's more about uh, the, the visual aspect of the show. I'm obsessed with the set all the time. And I notice when something's been moved. Oh, you do? And, I, and I'm always shocked that I can catch it. I'm like, where's the chocolate cake that was here 
you know, at eight o'clock this morning, why would anybody move that chocolate cake? Like, uh, and other people would be like, you know, where's the red cap on that soap bottle? You know, it's like, I notice it all. And I'm, I was working with Justin Thoreau and he was like, you know what I mean? You probably shouldn't worry about that stuff and just focus on your performance. And I'm like, no way. I mean, like, it's more visually, it, you know, I'm more tied into the show visually than anything else. And I'm obsessed with it and I'm good at it. But also that. that feels like the sort of, that feels like sketch comedy training. Like, like the, 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 the sharper, the detail, the funnier stuff becomes like the more, the more details and information and the more like, right. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that sort of like sketch comedy 101? Yes. Sketch comedy 101. <laughs> sketch comedy 101. I'm your professor. <laughs> Farts are funny. See you next week. Yeah. I mean, have you, do you, do you mentor anyone? Have you, do you ever, have you ever thought about doing like a masterclass in character development or anything? Oh my gosh. No, no. My masterclass would be hilarious. It'd be like 10 minutes long. First of all, no, I would never, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not good at explaining. I'm not articulate at that kind of stuff. I just like to do it, but I'm not one to talk about stuff like that. Well, I, uh, I really can't thank you enough for doing this. I, re- I mean, listen, I'm just, you're, I'm such a huge fan of your work. Uh, I have always kind of wanted to just meet you and shoot the shit and say hi. And I can't tell you how much I really appreciate it. You, I really enjoyed talking to you too. It was a pleasure. I really, I loved it. Like I said, I, this is what my fourth podcast probably. Oh really? Uh, yeah. 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 I haven't done that many. Well, it is, it, it's when someone says like, Oh, do you want to do a podcast? It's an hour. Then some people bristle. They're like, Oh, what am I going to fucking talk about for an hour? Like I can't, you get that going. You're good at it. You're oh good. no, I appreciate that. I'm just, yeah. I just, I'm a fan of people. I just like having conversations, and you know, there's so much fun stuff to talk about with you. I mean, like, really, strangers to me is sort of in the pantheon of, you know, like in the back of my head, there's this sort of pantheon of comedy stuff like Python and Kids in the Hall, and you know, and and strangers is 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 up there with that because it was just such a the idea of it was so, was so groundbreaking, especially because I, you know, I remember like in the, in the mid to late nineties, the sort of the Dawson's Creeks and that sort of like lesson, you know, that sort of like, we're young, but we're fucking living life like adults, man. And to sort of of take that vibe and spin it in that way, it just was such a, it was such an innovative comedy thing to do. Well, we all brought something to it. It was my idea for the after-school special. It was Colbert's idea to do learn the wrong lesson. And it was Paul Donello's idea for me to play the Jerry Blank character with that background. So we all kind of showed up with the idea. And, um, and, you know, and we couldn't do that show today. There's no way it could be done. You think just like content-wise or just the freedom content-wise. to be able to... Content-wise. Content-wise, yeah. You know, at home still like you still managed to do a really fun edgy show that I think is, I don't know. It doesn't, there's nothing about it where I'm like, Oh, how are they doing that? But it's still really funny, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Of course. Well, I hope, <laughs> I hope you stay safe and healthy. I hope that you were able to connect in real life with people. And I hope someday you're able to take at home on the road and, and oh, that's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a, maybe there's a Sedaris combo tour. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> that, that, I think that, I think that would fill some pretty big venues if it's something that you guys ever, do you ever talk about doing stuff together in that way? Or do you just kind of keep your stuff separate? We keep it separate, but um, you know, I'm hoping that David and I would do another play together. We'll see. Well, that's nice. We'll, well, we'll see. I, I wish you and Tina all the best. Thank uh, you. And good luck with your puppy. What's your puppy's name? Zoltar. Zoltar. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, fun. Puppies he, are fun. He is. He's fun. He's Again, he thinks he's like five pounds and he's 60 pounds and he's only four oh and five God. months old. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> when he kind of gets those nighttime zoomies where he's like exhausting that last bit of energy so he can fall asleep. It used to be really sweet because he'd like run into your leg and like, oh, that's really cute. But now that he's 60 pounds, it's like someone just takes a sack of fucking potatoes and just <laughs> just like wallops you and he just doesn't understand. <laughs> sort of fun, but uh, you know. I guess it's uh, I guess it's kid prep. You know, my wife's like, it's kid prep. And I go, yeah, kids don't bite you when they're trying yeah, to socialize. No. <laughs> so, kid prep. I like that. But uh, you take care. And honestly. Thank you so much. Because really, um, 
one day we'll meet in person. I would love that. If there's ever anything I can do to help anything you're doing, I will do anything to help anything that you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.